1: This is the Nightcap on vSEN, the sports betting network.
0: is our number two of the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino Femi Befe, alongside Scott Seidenberg here uh, we want to make sure you guys are tweeting at the show at VEASAN live on Twitter at Scott's on air at Femi Bebefe. if you agree with us you got gripes with us or you just mm-hmm. want to say hello make sure to tweet at the show on all three of those accounts So we love interacting with you guys as we got two more hours left to go in the program here on VCN and the sports betting network, uh, I'm sweating out and we're sweating this out as well because you got yeah. the parlay this Gonzaga San Francisco game uh, the number one team in the country the Gonzaga Bulldogs were up by 20 at one point in the first half now that lead has been cut to 11 we are at the under four timeout just about to resume play here 331 left to go in the game. Gonzaga up 81 to 70. And it looks like we're going to fly over the total. I believe that one closed 155 and a half or 150 in that range. Uh, 158, actually. We closed 158 on the total so we'll see what happens here in the remaining three minutes Scott but it's gonna be a little bit of a sweaty one over that war memorial gymnasium
1: yeah you got to imagine here San Francisco is doing a full court press that there will be opportunities to score the basketball Mm -hmm. and then hopefully at the end uh, we could get some free throws that will clinch
0: the cover and a double-digit win for uh, the Zags there we go Andrew Nemhard with a nice little floater in the lane he's got 15 points there Zags back up by 13. Uh, also going on you're looking really good in Champaign. Buckeyes, baby. Ohio State catching seven in Champaign against the Illinois fighting Illini. They lead it by 12 with about six minutes left to go in the game. So, uh, barring an epic collapse, <laughs> which we should say barring an epic collapse, it looks like you'll be able to get home with the Buckeyes. And coffee Cockburn, not a good game. 12 points on five of 15
1: shooting. Just uh, hasn't really found the touch here. Um, yeah, and turn the ball over a couple
0: times as well. Also in college hoops in the Pac-12, UCLA, the number 12 team in the country, they're in Eugene taking on the Oregon Ducks. UCLA went off as two-and-a-half-point favorites, so we saw a little bit of movement on the Ducks right Mm -hmm. at close. This was hanging out at three at open and all throughout the day, but late in the evening, we saw it go down to two-and-a-half total, 137, and right now the Ducks lead 44-35, to 46-35, I should say, actually, in Eugene. So Oregon trying to make a strong case. Yeah for a tournament kind of win here as they are right on the this, bubble.
1: This spread told me to stay away at all costs. We, we talked you about it. You have a number 12 team in the nation, 20-win UCLA, feeling good about themselves after a couple of 20-point victories, only laying two points against Oregon. This yelled, <laughs> stay far away.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and so far it's looking like the Ducks were the side in this game. As you saw that go from three to two and a half, usually a pretty good indicator of the underdog being live in the nba we'll clean up some things going on in the association the golden state warriors laying 10 points in portland against the blazers total 226 they lead 55 to 38 midway through the second quarter so the warriors right now 19 and a half point favorites at DraftKings on the live line any interest in that scott uh curry's (laughs) up 10 curry's got 10 points so he's on his way to 30 as i said and we have a close game in Sacramento, though, the capital of the state of California. Denver Nuggets lead 55 to 54. Jokic and the Nuggets went off as four-point favorites, total of 236.
1: Yeah, Nuggets, uh, they're actually pulled, pulled, pulling away now here at the end of the half. So they're up up—they're uh, up by five now with about a minute left in the half. Yeah, so the mo- uh, Nikola Jokic, 15 points, six boards, four assists.
0: Maybe Jokic saw what DeMar DeRozan did earlier. Yeah. He said, hey, you're talking about that guy in Chicago about MVP? I'm the reigning MVP, folks. And it goes through me. At last check on the live line, the Nuggets were four-and-a-half point favorites. So, laying a little bit more than what they closed that mm. with, four being the number here. But in the NBA, big night tomorrow night for a big contender. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers. We will, for the first time, see James Harden suit up for Philadelphia. Sharania tweeted this out earlier this morning that Harden will make his debut tomorrow night when they take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Sixers right now in the Twin Cities. It'll be their first game post-All-Star break. And this is what everybody's wanted to see after Philadelphia ship Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and some other pieces to Brooklyn to then get James Harden now reuniting with his long-lost buddy, Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. We're now going to get to see this Embiid-Harden duo for the first time. I'm betting the Timberwolves. You are? You think they
1: will be a little inflated? Price is going to be inflated. The public is going to hammer the Sixers. I'm taking the
0: Wolves as home as home dogs. I mean, the Timberwolves are a really good team. They're in that playoff. I don't want to say really good, but they're in the playoff race out there in the Western Conference. Right now, early look at the line. It's Philadelphia at DraftKings by two and a half, total of 220. You know that's going up. Oh, it like if you like to, si- if you like the Sixers, jump lay on it. that thing now. Yeah, you got to lay
1: it now. But I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna take at about you know that's five o'clock Pacific time. Tip off at about four fifty. I'm gonna grab the Timberwolves at plus six and a half.
0: Plus <laughs> six and a half is what he's calling. It. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it ends up becoming, but I want to talk about Philadelphia from a more macro standpoint before we get into the micro of their game there against the Minnesota Timberwolves because the Sixers to win the Eastern Conference are plus three seventy at DraftKings to win the NBA championship they are seven to one to win the Atlantic Division right now minus two twenty five. But Philadelphia, everyone's talked about this team since that trade as here we go, Harden former MVP and bead the favorite to win MVP. This is the dynamic duo that the process hasn't really been able to have with Ben Simmons. And now we're going to see it for the first time here. I mean, what do you think about this team long-term heading into the playoffs? I don't like it. And I wouldn't bet anything now because we haven't
1: seen it. We've mm-hmm. never seen it. We've never seen James Harden win a championship.
2: We've never this seen true.
1: this, this combination of players together. What was the. Week? Okay, we saw Harden have the two man game, I guess, when he had Clint Capella in Houston, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul was there for, for not a couple talking years. but a big man. A yeah, you know, big man, yeah. A big man, yeah. Clint Capella. Like, all right. It, yeah, I'm very curious to see what the pick and roll looks like with Joel Embiid. But we all know Joel Embiid's also a guy that steps back and shoots three pointers. Yes. Like, this is not your prototypical two man inside game here with Harden and Embiid. I'm very curious to see how this is going to work out. And. I'm just looking at, at, at looking at this as an opportunity to fade the inflation that will occur on the Sixers th- for the rest of the
0: season. I think that's a really good point there about the difference between playing with a big man like Capella and playing with a Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid needs touches. Clint Capella was just virtually a rim runner yes. for the Houston Rockets. It was block shots, run rim to rim, catch lobs, set screens. Joel Embiid, like you mentioned, likes to step back from beyond the arc. You know, go, operate there in the mid-range, all over the court. He's the leading scorer in the NBA. So it's like this guy needs his touches. How these two guys coexist is going to really tell the story of what this Philadelphia 76ers yep. potential might you be. You know what's really going to
1: work out is when James Harden is dribbling the ball and you know how he's like hunched over and he's just <laughs> dribbling. Looking for and,
0: those fouls. And, it,
1: and, the, and, the, and the clock is just going from 24 down to 12, down to 8, <laughs> down to 7, down to 4. And then he steps back and shoots a three. That's really going to work out well when Joel Embiid is standing there calling for the basketball.
0: I don't know if Embiid's going to be a big fan of that with the 76ers. Right now, their conference seeding, this is interesting. Two and a half is where DraftKings puts their seed. The over is minus 170. The under is plus 130. I'm looking at that plus 130. Now that we're talking this out, as like it's a little juicy there because you already have Chicago – Right there. You yep. have the Miami right there. We think yep. that Miami is going to likely be a one or a two seed. Yes. Chicago with DeMar DeRozan, apparently he's never going to cool off. It's like, they're already <laughs> two and a half games ahead of them. Like, there's no guarantee the Sixers team vaults up to one of those top two seeds. And you're already knowing that Cleveland is there, Milwaukee is kind of behind them, the Boston Celtics, who now are rolling once again post All Star break. Like, this is not easy. And plus 130 is a very intriguing number there for the Sixers to be a three-seater or worse. Absolutely. Uh,
1: I think, and also, the other thing that I was looking at is to win the Atlantic Division. The Boston Celtics plus 285. In the Atlantic Division right now, the Boston Celtics are only a game and a half back of the Philadelphia 76ers. If we think that the Sixers are going to fall backwards here, why can't we pump up the Boston Celtics to just finish better than them. They're only a game and a half back. I'm not talking about the Boston Celtics to be the one or the two seed in the East, mm-hmm. but let's say Boston is the four and Philly's the five. You get plus 285 to win the Atlantic division
0: for the Boston Celtics. I just realized after I went through that whole soliloquy about the seeding for the Philadelphia Sixers, Aaron Oster, our producer, uh, kindly let me know that the under means one or two. Which I should have known as somebody who bets a lot of NFL draft bets. I, in my head, for some reason, I was just like, wow, like plus <laughs> 130 to be a three or a four seed is, I mean, I'll take that right now. But of course, it now makes sense that the over, which is to be a three or a four yes. seed at minus 170, is where the Sixers are, plus 130 for them to be a one or a two seed, which I think is correctly priced there. So disregard what I said about that in terms of them being a three or a four seed. That seems like it's going to be the likely scenario. Real quick in college basketball, Gonzaga just defeated San Francisco 89 to 73. So the Bulldogs go ahead and cover. I laid nine and a half. So cha-ching, you had minus 10 10 in your parlay. Mm -hmm. Cha-ching, pending. Mm -hmm. But we are off to a good start here early on in college hoops for you. Off to a very good start. Gonzaga has come
1: home, uh, sitting on Ohio State plus seven. And that would be devastating to lose that considering they're up by 12 with four minutes left.
0: Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> also laid it with St. Mary's and St. Mary's is currently up 13 with uh, 15 minutes left.
0: To yeah, St. Mary's is looking good. I took 13 with San Diego in that game. So we're kind of going head to head in that contest. St. Mary's was up by 17 yeah. at halftime. It looks like the Toreros have come back and uh, shown a little bit of life, but still early on in that game also ucla oregon is 48 to 40 at the under 12 timeout the ducks lead that one they're two and a half point home dogs in eugene over at matthew knight arena the total in that game 137 i'm on the under so we'll be sweating that one out hopefully we're gonna get some bricks but it looks like this game is gonna play out to the over but hey
2: you (laughs) never know
0: we got wisconsin minnesota miraculously go under the total last night we'll see if we can get another one here Pulling a rabbit out of our hats. On the other side, we're going to get NBA seeds correct. All right, we're going to talk NBA seeds for all teams in postseason contention. This is the nightcap on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is the nightcap on VCN, the Sports Betting
1: Network.
0: welcome back this is the nightcap coming to you here from the visa studios at the Circa resort and casino family alongside scott seidenberg and we were having a little fun of a little bit of a laugh there in the break about bill walton he's <laughs> calling the <laughs> oregon and ucla game which right now oregon leads 49 to 40 with under 11 minutes to play and bill walton came up with a list of teams who will make the tournament from the pac 12. now t- just we know Bill Walton loves this conference. He calls it the Conference of Champions. He is a champion of said Pac-12. Here are the teams that he has in the tournament from the Conference of Champions. He's got Arizona, USC, okay, UCLA, okay, okay. Oregon. They're yeah, on the bubble, but right. you know, hey. I, I, can, I, can, I can believe it. I can believe it. I can see it. Colorado. I can see it mm. if they can kind of do some damage in the Pac-12 tournament. But maybe, maybe, maybe first four in. Yes, maybe. I mean, last four in. You know, maybe. But the list doesn't stop there. Oh. <laughs> There's three more teams, folks. Oh, okay. Three more teams that will make the tournament, according to Bill Walton. Uh-huh. We have the Washington State Cougars, who right now are 8-8 eight and eight in Pac-12 play. Yeah, not happening. We have the Washington Huskies, uh-huh. who are also 8-8 eight and eight in Pac-12 yeah, play. Yeah, not happening. And for good measure, the Stanford Cardinal. That's eight, definitely not eight happening. 8-9 in Pac-12 team. All those teams, Bill Walton <laughs> believes, will be in the NCAA tournament. I mean, are you sure he wasn't talking about the Pac-12 tournament? <laughs> Well, we all know they'll be confirmed to be here in Vegas yeah. for the Pac-12 tournament. Are you sure, that's what he was, what he was <laughs> the, talking it about. It says Bill Walton's Pac-12 NCAA tournament teams. So I think this man is really talking about all those teams making it into the field of 68. Now, mm. last year in the quarterfinals, he was championing the Oregon State Beavers as a tournament team. Now they were not a tournament team, like they. And the only path they had to making it was to win the Pac 12 tournament. And kudos to Oregon State. They did it. And they actually made a fun run to the Elite Eight in the yeah. NCAA tournament. But he loves the Pac 12, but you got to take things with a grain of salt with the one Bill Walton, who likes to also have a little bit of fun and loves the Willamette Valley as well out there mm-hmm. in
1: Eugene. <laughs> He's having a great time tonight.
0: He's he, always having a great
1: time. You know, I, I, I was saying there was. Um, they, they did a game, uh, I think it was maybe it was Dick Vitale and Bill Walton, both on the same game, oh. one of those like Jimmy V specials for ESPN. And I said, just don't go to commercial. Just have them do live reads the entire time. <laughs> like just have Bill Walton read the commercials during the entire broadcast, and that would make up for, that would be the, the most entertaining basketball game you've ever watched. I mean, Much better than these, like, player casts that TNT does or anything like that. Just give me Bill Walton for an entire game just doing all the commercial reads.
0: I mean, the advertisers would probably get yeah. the most bang for their buck out of that <laughs> as well. <laughs> People would be locked in to those ad reads. So like we mentioned, Oregon leading 52-44, to 44, 837 left to play up in Eugene, Oregon. We got a game that just tipped off in the Pac-12 between USC and... And Oregon State. And the Trojans on the road laying 10.5 points total, 139.5. Right now they trail 8 to 10, or 10 to 8, I should say. But uh, we're just about five minutes into the game. So early on. And you have this in your parlay as well, correct?
1: Laid it with USC. Not worried about this one. Uh, you know, Oregon State might hang around for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. eventually there's going to be like a 20 to four run and uh, USC will take a double digit lead.
0: Yeah, USC's defense always reliable. Their offense can get a little mm, sometimes, you know, it's uh, not the most uh, beautiful offensive basketball to watch, Mm -hmm. but uh, they figure out ways to win games because they are really, really good on the defensive end of the floor. Also the St. Mary's and San Diego game, I should say, the Gales are back up by 20. In that game at the under 12 timeout, 1141 left to play. St. Mary's laying 12 points, total 127. That's why I got suckered in. I took plus 13. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, this total is so low. Are they really going to be able to stretch their legs and get a big margin? But It looks like they will be, and it looks like San Diego is just not going to score. How about the game that we just completely
1: missed out on? Murray State was only laying three at home to Belmont, and I know that there was like a lot of conversation coming into this game about, oh, Belmont, you know, they're back. It's a tourney Mm -hmm. team, Belmont. This is a three-point line. Murray State won 76-43. to You want to talk about a no-sweat winner right there? Yeah.
0: Why didn't we? Why did I Why didn't we do that? <laughs> I'm glad I stayed away from that game because I was thinking about the over and Belmont did not do their part, so it was a good n- mm. no play for me in that Sheesh. game between Belmont and Murray State. Also, Ohio State, Illinois, you're looking really good right now. Ohio State leads by six, but Illinois is starting to make a rally. About two and a half minutes left to play. I'm just hoping for no OT for your sake here. Because- you had to say it.
1: Don't say it. <laughs> had to say
0: it. <laughs> you were thinking it. You can think it, just don't say it. Just don't say it out loud. My apologies. If if this game goes to, I'll I'll, I'll buy him a nice little uh, drink or, a, or or some sort of uh, cuisine after the show because uh, we we don't want that to to ruin what looks like a mm-hmm. very very good ticket. So we'll keep our eye on that game in college basketball. Let's turn back to the NBA here, and we have more NBA seeds. These will be over unders for seeds in terms of these teams, and I want to start with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, their line at DraftKings to be in the Eastern Conference, their seeding is three and a half, and it's minus 115 each way, over and under. Would you, which way would you lean here with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks? Under, I think they're the three seed. You think they're the three if seed? If not better, yeah. Man, I mean, they had the least questions of, of the teams who are the mm-hmm. contenders, so I get where you're going with that one there, but they also, now that they've won a championship, I don't know how incentivized they are to really go for it. Now, they might not have to go for it just to get a three seed. But sure. to me, it almost feels like they're going to kind of prioritize health over seeding, mm-hmm. especially with the one seed likely being Miami or maybe it's a Cleveland or a Chicago. It's where it's like, okay, this is not a daunting task. Although Miami's given them fits in the past in yeah. the playoffs. So we have to kind of we, we got to give the heat their respect as well. But I think I don't know if they're going to gun for a, a top three seed, but I get where you're coming from with that yeah. handicap.
1: I just think that they'll finish better than the Sixers, so I'm giving them I'm giving them at least the three seed.
0: What about the Miami Heat here? Their over is plus 125, so to be the two or the three or the four, mm. whatever, you're getting plus money on Miami, who right now is the current number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I like
1: them to be the number one seed. Uh, I, that's a good number because it's so hard to bet it. You know, it's so hard mm-hmm. to because I I would say one or two seed is what they're going to finish with.
0: I kind of like Cleveland. And I know they lost tonight to Detroit. No but, Karis Levert, no Darius Garland. Yeah, and it, And they'll bounce back on Saturday and blow out the Wizards. Plus money to be a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. I could see it. Like, top they, four? Yeah. Top four seed at mm-hmm. plus money. To me, this Cleveland team, we mentioned how they have one of the easier schedules down the stretch here yeah. uh, in the NBA. Like, to me, that's. And the Bucks have
1: the most difficult, which, you know, also hurts their candidacy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I could see Cleveland being motivated and playing their hearts out towards the end of the season. For yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. To, to me, that that Cleveland team out east, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting suckered into the story <laughs> because I love the story of how they've turned this thing around here. But they're really good defensively. Yeah.
1: Speaking of defense, what's the number on the Boston Celtics? Because the Celtics, <laughs> this is very interesting. And Taylor Snow covers the Celtics um, for Celtics.com, tweeted out a great stat. hmm We're at February 24th right now, right? The month is almost over. The Celtics haven't trailed on the road in the entire month of February. The last time where they trailed on the road was 2-0 at the 11-12 mark of the first quarter on January 29th in New Orleans. They've had 287-plus consecutive minutes on the road without trailing nearly six straight Wire-to-wire road
0: victories. That's incredible. I mean, 538, and people have been making fun of 538 for giving the Celtics the best chance to win the NBA title. And I'm one of those people. I'll raise my hand. I don't think the Celtics have a 21% chance to win the NBA championship. But they are better than the market is suggesting there.
1: This is unbelievable. It's the 10th game of the season in which the Celtics never trailed. They have the most wire-to-wire wins in the NBA.
0: That is really, that's, that's something else.
1: They're the first team in NBA history to win four straight road games by 23 or more points.
0: They are so good.
1: Unbelievable.
0: They are with Robert Williams (laughs) and Jason Tatum's playing the best defense of his career. Jalen Brown's a pretty good defender. Like this team defensively and what they're able to do. Marcus smart. When he gets back healthy, he's going to be one of the better defenders in the league that you see out there on the perimeter. They are going to give teams fits, and we don't have their seating right now. DraftKings actually took the seatings off the board, so I couldn't look it up online here. Um, these were printed out before the show, but I think the Celtics team, I don't, I'm not going to fall in love to where they think they can win the Eastern Conference, but they are going to be one of the more difficult outs in the entire playoffs, in my opinion, just because of what you outlined right there and how good this team is defensively. I keep harping on their defense because, I mean, shots sometimes don't fall. So you need to be able to get stops and string stops together to keep yourself Mm -hmm. in games, and they do that. And maybe as an underdog against one of these juggernaut teams like a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee or Philadelphia, every game in their series, maybe just take the points. (laughs) I would. honestly, I absolutely would, for sure. By the way, the
1: Warriors are winning 70-57 at the half. Curry's got 18 points and 10 assists. I said 30 points for Curry tonight.
0: Steph curry, he said don't forget about me in the mvp race <laughs> that's what steph curry said he was the favorite in december has fallen down to the pack but he's still hanging out at 11 to 1 10 to 1 depending on where you shop here this mvp race is going to be one of the more fascinating races in the final third of the season that we have seen in quite some time i absolutely cannot wait to see how it all unfolds on the other side james alberino comes into the show to talk a little nba with us this is the nightcap
1: This is the Nightcap on vSEN, the sports betting network.
0: Want more NBA insight? Check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of situation a team is in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It is a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet, and we can make some money on it. Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free and available now at vsan.com slash podcast or wherever. You get your podcast, and while you're there, catch up on all the other VEASAN shows as well. Welcome back. This is the Night Capper at the halfway point here, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. And to help us talk a little bit more NBA, we bring in NBA handicapper James Albarino here. James, we appreciate you joining us here this evening, and I got to start with the story of the night in the association Are you on the DeMar DeRozan bandwagon for MVP? The guy went off again in another bulls victory.
2: He's playing incredible. And the bulls had so many injuries. They they still have some injuries there. They're waiting for guys back on. And he's kept the bulls at the top of the East standings. And it's kind of gone a little bit under the radar because a lot of the conversation has been about other guys or other team situations. You know, John Morant is getting a lot of buzz deservingly. So, but DeRozan is definitely a guy that's not getting as much recognition for what he's doing right now. Bulls, in general, are a dangerous team when when they're fully healthy. Um, But, yeah, he he should definitely be getting more credit.
1: James, hard to argue anybody playing better in the NBA right now than the Boston Celtics, another wire-to-wire victory. They're 10th this season. That leads the league, beating the Nets 129-106. How high is the ceiling for this Celtics team, in your opinion?
2: I think they're still a uh, middle-of-the-road Eastern Conference team. I think this, this run is getting a lot more buzz than it should. This has been a very soft schedule for the Celtics, and, and not to really knock what they've done, because they have played really good ball. And Scott, you and I have been on the Celtics a few times in this run, but we also watched them in October, November, December, blow a lot of leads, not play very good, fluid offense, latent game situations. And this, they had a schedule where they played the Pistons a couple of times. They played the Nets twice without KD and Harden. They played um, you, you know, a lot of sub-500 teams. So I think especially this year with the Eastern Conference being as good as it is, I don't see the Celtics being a team. I don't think they'll get out of the first round. And if they oh. do, they'll be capped.
0: We're speaking with James Alberino, NBA handicapper, the Celtics right now, 11 to one at DraftKings to win the Eastern Conference. One of the favorites in the Eastern Conference is the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden is set to make his debut tomorrow night when they take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. How do you see this Harden, Joel Embiid relationship working out on the court?
2: I think it's going to be a fun offense to watch because the spacing will be great this Harden with with the pick and roll that he had in Houston with Capella, that the spacing with the ability for Harden to shoot from deep behind the three-point line and to be able to, to drive the paint and lob it to Capella. Now to be able to do that with Embiid, who is obviously a much better offensive player than Capella, can do a lot more, can stretch the floor. I think it's going to be really hard to defend in the pick and roll because Harden could do so many things. He could drive to the basket and, and it could lead to a lot of open shots for Embiid. Um, my thing with the Sixers when it comes to other conversations about them winning the East, them them winning the title, I I, I don't see that. One, I, I think it's hard to build chemistry in 25 games, enough to beat top teams like the Heat, like the Bulls, like the Bucks. Um, and I, I think that the Sixers depth is going to get tested late in the series beyond guys like Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey, especially that, that Seth Curry is off the team. Now
1: James, the uh, Grizzlies losing to the Timberwolves on the road here tonight. They'll be back in action again on Saturday. Will we'll we be looking to back the Grizzlies coming off a loss?
2: Well, they're going to be catching a couple of points and we were just talking about how hot DeRozan Rosen is, but on that point, he he shot 15 of 21 tonight Had 37 points and the bulls only won by four versus the Hawks at home and the Hawks were tied that game. That game, the Hawks actually had a lead late in the game quickly. So that said um, the Grizzlies that Grizzlies Wolves game was really good tonight. I know a lot of people that were on the Grizzlies. I didn't like them tonight because I think the Wolves are better than what a lot of people think. Uh, So, my takeaway from that loss was really nothing against the Grizzlies. It was more in favor of the Wolves. I think the Grizzlies are still a look Saturday, uh, even though the Bulls are playing well. Because if if Rosen even has a slight drop in numbers, um, you know Grizzlies are going to have a good chance to cover the number if they're getting a couple of points.
0: James, which team has the best chance in the Western Conference to sort of upset this potential Suns-Warriors collision course in the Western Conference Finals?
2: I think it is the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are the third-best team. Jay Williams went on Get Up the other day, and he said that the, the Grizzlies are going to win the West now because Chris Paul's out. I, I, look, I love the Grizzlies. I, they're not beating the Suns. <laughs> and the Suns are healthy. Chris Paul Chris Paul is not hurt for for the playoffs. He's hurt for six to eight weeks, <laughs> so that, that the rest of the regular season, they're six and a half games up on on the Warriors for the the one seed, um, and the eight and nine seed projected to play the Suns if the playoffs ended today it, it, are the Clippers and and the Lakers. So I don't see the Suns losing. The Suns are if they're healthy, they're the best team in the West. But yes, the Grizzlies are that third best team. The problem with the Grizzlies is they don't have the defense that the Suns and the Warriors do. They have the offense, no doubt. They just don't have that extra level of experience and, and layer of ball stoppers that it's going to take to stop guys like Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul when he's back and, and Cam Johnson off the bench. Well, real
0: quick as a follow-up, what do you think of the Denver Nuggets, who last time we saw them in the playoffs with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Right now, they're 15-1 to at DraftKings, and it looks like Murray will be back sooner rather than later. What do you make of Denver out West?
2: I've said to Scott on on, on the show a couple of times that I, I've been waiting for the Nuggets, and then I had to <laughs> play my tongue because they kept playing like garbage and inconsistent. But when they're... When they're healthy and when they're clicking, they have a really, really high ceiling. But their problem, man, I mean, I know it's a combination of scheduling spots and they're, you know, they have a tough offseason, but it's just been a carryover of not playing for whatever reason at their peak performance. I don't know if they could spark it together enough but it, it's it's sound it feels like more of a dream and ideal situation at this point this late in the season. Mm. Um they're probably better geared for next year because the roster, like you said, it is a good look and a good number future wise, but um just not not the connect, not the continuity this year.
1: James, let's turn our attention to Friday's slate. Uh, we all know how much of a disaster it has been in New York for the Knicks and, and Tom Thibodeau's job security is certainly in question right now. That being said, the heater only laying four and a half. Uh, am, am I missing something here with this spot?
2: Well, you know, I'm looking to fade the Knicks any chance I can get right yeah. now. So <laughs> yeah. yes, I uh, I was looking at this game and then the pause was, well, Derek Rose and RJ Barrett are back. But I, I think that's just, I think that's just, I don't want to say semantics at this point um, and, and is good for aesthetics because Derek Rose is the best player on the Knicks. He was the best player on the Knicks before he got hurt, most valuable player on that team. So he does make an impact, but the Knicks have fallen off so far that they've developed a losing culture. I don't know if it's just as simple as Derek Rose coming back for the Knicks to fix all their problems. Um, This seems like, you know, RJ Barrett was part of this losing. RJ Barrett played great and the Knicks were still losing. The problem is Julius Randle. The problem is also Thibodeau not doing a great job coaching. He did a great job coaching last year. So, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I think this is a band aid on on the Knicks' number of problems. Um, that being, DeRozan coming back, and, and that's that's a small cover up. And the Heat win by margin. Um, they, this was the same line when they when they were at New Orleans right before the break. They were laying four and a half. They covered, and coming into that game, thirty two of their thirty five wins were by five points or more. So, similar situation. I, I I'm leaning need here. I think I'm going to lay it. He
0: is James Albarino. You can catch him over at Spread Investor over on Twitter. James, we appreciate you joining us here this evening and a lot of good insight in the NBA. We'll hopefully talk soon.
2: Absolutely, guys. And one more quickly the Mavs plus six tomorrow. I think they're better uh, without Porzingis, actually. There we
0: go. Giving us a little quick, like it, little yeah. bonus action there. Mavs plus six. Thank you, James. And uh, best of luck going forward. How about that? Plus six? I'm, I'm At being, Utah, I'm hmm. He brought up he liked this Denver team, but they haven't really shown it just yet. I'm absolutely mystified by this Denver Nuggets team. I actually placed a futures bet on them, which we can discuss hmm. later on in the show, because I think when the pieces get together, it's going to be really good. They're going to be a contender to watch out for in the Western Conference playoffs. On the other side, which conference is going to win the
2: NCAA championship? Well, this This is the Nightcap on send the
1: sports betting network.
0: Before we make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round, so check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Bebby alongside Scott Seidenberg here, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. And we went final in Eugene, Oregon. Knocks off number 12, UCLA, 68-63. to It's their fourth straight win over the Bruins as Dana Altman's team. Mm-hmm. They ten- we talked about it last night when we were previewing this game at the end of the show. His teams tend to play their best yeah. towards the end of the regular season, heading into the conference tournament. And, it looks like the ducks are picking up right where they typically leave off. Storming the court. I mean Storming the Court. Come Beat number twelve. On. No. Hey, but the more important thing is the game went under the total. <laughs> under one thirty seven Cashed. Uh, unfortunately, I did not cash the San Diego ticket, but you cashed St. Mary's yes. as a part of your
1: parlay. Yes. So. In the 12, they won by 14. The parlay is alive, lot. And uh, right now, the last two legs just need to come through. I laid it with both Arizona and USC, both in the first half. USC is up by five right now. Arizona is up by two. So still plenty of basketball mm-hmm. left. We'll see what happens when there's five minutes left in the second half. And then we start to sweat what happens here.
0: Yeah, it was only three plays for me tonight. I had that San Diego plus 13. That's a loser. But laid it with Gonzaga minus 9.5 that goes ahead and cashes. And the under in UCLA, Oregon cashes as well. So another winning night. and That's three straight winning nights in college basketball. Knock on wood. We're going to try to hopefully this momentum continues Stay hot, into March Madness. That's what we needed. <laughs> Speaking of March Madness, Scott, is we have at DraftKings – the odds for which conference will win the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Okay, now you. Sorry, this is at Boyd Sports. Excuse me, it's not DraftKings. This is Boyd Sports who gave out these odds, and it's funny because you see the WCC there. Yeah, at plus 370. Yeah, yeah, but, you might as well just erase WCC and put Gonzaga, well, which is so, <laughs> which is
1: so incredible because. If you look at the futures market like on DraftKings right now, like Gonzaga's plus 400 yeah. to win the title. So I wonder what it is correlated at Boyd where they have that conference up there because you might actually get a better number on just betting Gonzaga to win the title than betting the conference to win the title because – that is the only reason why the conference is up there is because of Gonzaga. I don't think St. Mary's is making a run from an eighth seed to uh, win the national title.
0: I was going to say the WCC, there's a chance that they'll send at for sure three teams to the tournament, maybe four teams. And you're only getting 30 cents for, for three more teams mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So you might as well, like you mentioned, just take Gonzaga plus 400 over at DraftKings or around that at other shops as well. But when you look at the other conferences, the favorite to win this is the SEC at three to one. When you look at Auburn and Kentucky, maybe Arkansas with Eric Musselman, his squad, maybe they can make a run there. The Big 12 plus 480. Kansas is the number one seed at the bracket preview we saw last week. Baylor, the defending national champions. Texas Tech is likely a two seed, maybe a one seed if things break their way during championship week. And then you have the Pac-12 at 5-1. to one. The Big 10, who hasn't won an NCAA tournament since 2000, the Michigan State team with Mateen Cleves and Cleaves. Mo Pete and those guys, they're plus 550. Big East 10 to 1, ACC 11 to 1. Then you have the long shots, the AAC at 29 to 1, Mountain West 50 to 1. But does there any of those conferences jump out to you that looks a little appetizing here to win the NCAA tournament?
1: No, none of those markets make sense to me. You're better <laughs> off betting these individual teams. Yep. The Big East, okay. The Big East is 10 to 1, Villanova's 25 to 1. To win the NCAA tournament, you don't so want unless, Providence. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, unless you want the cushion of having Providence at at, at eighty to one, you know, like ha, okay, guess what? I'll sprinkle a little bit on Villanova at twenty five to one and on Providence at eighty to one instead of the ten to one on the Big East. I'll tell you what, Providence. No might. offense to Rock. There's uh, no offense to Seton Hall and, yes. and everybody else, but you know, like it's just you can find a better a better number out there. Like okay, look look at the Pac-12 number, mm-hmm. five to one, five to one. Arizona is eight to one right now. UCLA is twenty-five to one right now. Diversify your portfolio and just bet on those two teams instead of taking the five to one. Put a half a unit on both. Okay, so if Arizona wins, you're going to get the four to one instead of eight to one because you put a half a unit on it. All right, so it's a little less than the four to one. If UCLA, if, if, if UCLA wins, then you get twenty-five to one yeah. on this. I just think that – listen, it's fun that the, that the books put this out there. It is a fun problem. But let's yeah. also acknowledge the books put this out there for a reason because they're making money on this. And it's fun. They're making money on this stuff. Uh, I think you're, you're much better off looking at the individual because, like, basically, when you pick out these conferences, Femi, with the exception of maybe the Big 12, it's only – and the West Coast is just one, one, one team. One team. But every other conference is like you got two live teams. Right, in the SEC you got two live teams. You got Kentucky. You got Auburn. Okay, in the Big Ten, you got Purdue. Probably that's it. Like I don't know if anybody else in the Big t- Wisconsin, I, I, Illinois, I, maybe. I don't know. I, I, maybe Michigan. Yeah. Stop. It. Okay. <laughs> in the Pac-12, you know it's it's Arizona and UCLA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Even with the loss tonight, UCLA is still talented enough to make a run. We just saw them do it last year. In the Big 12, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, right? Is there anybody else? Texas? I would throw Texas. Okay. Team. So if you were going to take a conference on one of those futures, take the conference that has the most outs. Yeah. Of all those other bets for all those other conferences, you're better off going with the individual teams. The only bet that makes sense is taking that Big 12 at plus 480 because you have – the multiple outs with Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, or Texas making a run here to the national championship game.
0: I, I think you outlined that perfectly there. Like that's the only Thank way. Thank you. I'll would. go home now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Scott's job <laughs> yeah. here is done, and he will be taking off for the rest of the show. But no, like like you mentioned, like, like the SEC. I don't. I don't like that with Kentucky and Auburn. I'm. I'm not even all the way there with Auburn I'm as a team. There, I like Kentucky. So, um, I. but I. I Auburn, no, I'll rather just take Kentucky to win the national title there. But the big 12, I think there are four teams who legitimately, in my opinion, can make and people might scoff at Texas, but I think Texas, if the bracket breaks their way, can make a final four because they have the coach and Chris Beard, who's one of the best tournament coaches in the country. Now, their offense is a little helter skelter, you know, not the cleanest to look at, but On any given night, they can get into your shorts and defend. And I think that Texas can provide some tricky matchups for some teams in the tournament.
1: So let's play it out. The latest edition of Joel Nardi's Bracketology, which was updated Mm -hmm. two Two, two days days ago. ago, Two days ago. Texas has a five seed in the South. Okay? First round matchup against Davidson.
2: Texas
1: Texas wins. Second round matchup against Tennessee. I think Texas
0: beats yes. Tennessee. I mean, they have the coaching mismatch yeah. right there. I think, but I, I think Beard versus
1: Barnes. I'm taking Beard in the NCAA tournament. Okay, now Texas against Arizona, but the game's in San Antonio. The the fan base, the travel, gonna be much easier for Texas. I, mean, I guess it's not that far from uh, mm-hmm. from from you know Arizona as well. But
0: the wh- thing, would you that, take the points with Texas in that game? I, I would have to see what the line looks like, just because. Arizona's size is what really concerns me against it. Te- like Texas, they're not the biggest of teams. Um, I, I think that it would be a defensive type of game. Arizona, they like to get up and down. Which, so it would be almost like a contrasting styles there with Arizona playing at such a fast pace. Texas plays a little bit slower, a little bit more defensive. But I think that Arizona's size could give them issues. I don't know if I would love Texas in that particular matchup. So I kind of hope that they don't see in Arizona there. Because Arizona, while... I like Chris Beard as a better coach than Tommy Lloyd, but Tommy Lloyd's a terrific coach. Mm-hmm. Coached under Mark Few for two decades plus there at Gonzaga, but this is his first time as the head coach in the NCAA tournament. It's just a different deal. That's my only hiccup with Arizona. I actually want to ask Matt Humans about that at the top of the. I don't hate segment, taking. I wouldn't but, hate taking the points in that situation. But t- yeah, I mean, Chris Beard. I'm like, I'm going to keep saying it. Like, this guy is one of the better tournament coaches mm-hmm. that we have. And they have the talent at Texas. They have those transfers in. This is a veteran team. Like they have a team that could potentially make a run. All right. The other you said Texas Tech was the other one you might look out for. Texas Tech, yeah. As a
1: two seed in the West. They're gonna win their first game, they're gonna win their second game.
0: Uh, next game would be. I mean, I, we don't even have to. If they're in the West, they're playing Gonzaga, they are They're playing the Gonzaga form. in they the going regional to the final. final. Yeah, yeah, they're not okay. going to the final. All right. <laughs> uh, we, we, don't, we don't have to do that one. Um, I, although, the Red Raider fans will say we beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight in 2019, but different Gonzaga team, All right. different
1: K- Texas Tech team. Kansas Kentucky regional final in Chicago.
0: I like Kentucky. So would I. I like Kentucky. So would I. Am I just. I think I, I might be. Going a spoiler alert on my bracket. I'm probably gonna have Kentucky, Gonzaga in the final. Like I, those are the two teams that I feel the most confident in heading into March.
1: I'm I'm gonna have Kentucky. I think to win it all.
0: Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Kentucky. I'm uh, falling into the trap again every year with this team. Coach Cal. <laughs> every Coach year. Up, their rebounding is off the charts. <laughs> their guard play now. They need Tight Washington can't, to stay healthy. Can't wait till they lose to a like,
1: 17 in the second round. <laughs>
0: It's gonna be Big Blue Nation all over New Orleans, and that's the last time they won the national title. Cal's first title with that team <laughs> with Anthony Davis. Final four was in New Orleans. We'll see if history repeats itself. On the other side, top of the hour, we're bringing Matt Eumens. Talk a little more college hoops. This is the Nightcap.